Welcome to Audio Gyan with Kedar Nimkar, a podcast that documents insightful conversations with Indian designers, artists, musicians, writers, thinkers, and creatives of all types. Catch us on iTunes or visit audiogyan.com for more Gyan sessions. Here's your host, Kedar Nimkar. Today, I have Ayaz Basrai with us on Audio Gyan, founder of the Bus Ride Studio based in Goa and Mumbai. Ayaz graduated in industrial design specializing in product design from National Institute of Design Ahmedabad in 2003. Ayaz Studio The Bus Ride is an independent design studio specializing in design and creation of environments ranging from hospitality, entertainment venues, film and production to exhibition and temporary installations and more. And today we are here to discuss about interior design of the city. Thanks Ayaz for giving us your time and it's a real pleasure to have you on audio again. Likewise thanks a lot Kedar. Yeah. So as I mentioned yeah the conversation I want to keep it uh, related to understanding what what goes if we visualize our design to be as our home so what could be the interiors of it and just slightly going abstract in our conversation and let's see how it goes about. Uh so the first uh, thing which I want to ask you is if we consider city to be our home uh which is the living area which is the bedroom and how would you visualize the kitchen to be or things like that just you know what like the way we conversed earlier going yeah. philosophical in the conversation yeah <laughs> yeah uh yeah it's a really interesting way of looking at it uh and uh typically uh being involved in like an interior design profession that's really your point of reference anyway you know you'd kind of uh moving from interiors to uh an urban planning level uh you'd uh, you know want to draw metaphors or draw connections all the time and uh, it's a very empowering way of looking at the city because uh it then suggests that you take care of the city you become a steward uh, the way you take care of your own home uh you'll be slightly more um you know uh, uh conscious of uh, you know cleanliness and a little more conscious of social interaction you'll kind of hopefully take care of the city a bit better than the way we do it right now and uh, one of the things that is very empowering for that is to consider that uh, you have a sphere of influence around you when you sit in your home you th- the home is your sphere of influence like you wouldn't you know litter your living room for example okay. uh, there's there's a time and place for everything and if one extends that sphere of influence by even 6 to 10 feet outside your home uh, overnight the city can change wow. so it's actually a very um, uh empowering way of looking at the city that if all of us extend ourselves by even 6 feet outside our own bodies uh that takes care of the whole city uh you know in terms of its upkeep and all of that um although so there are uh and there's another interesting way of thinking about it is that uh, the arrangement of parts of a city uh actually are the only way a city expresses its identity right because uh when you look at say certain cities are more interior oriented like mm-hmm. if you look at delhi you have larger homes more private space uh public space is not that uh premium because of the availability of space uh people don't go vertical that often uh community spaces are mostly like when you go for a party you'll probably go to someone's house or you'll go to you know people have larger homes so they've essentially prioritized uh private space over public space mm-hmm. uh, to a large extent uh but in bombay because of the compaction and because of the city going vertical and because of a living space being at a very very high premium the city 
should or uh, you know should actually prioritize uh, public space because that's everyone's common living room right mm-hmm. your the bandra promenade your bandstand promenades your race course uh, there's a very crying need to democratize these places mm-hmm. and uh, the best expression of democracy is the street so you uh, democracy plays out on the street you mm-hmm. know like uh, what happens inside the home is not really democratic it's uh, extremely uh, autocratic so uh, it's there's a very crying need to engage with public space and uh, in any way i mean if you're an artist you could engage in the street art if you're a you know if you're a landscape uh, designer or a gardener you can uh, you know green up places uh, there's a lot of uh, engagement that is possible on the streets because that is true democracy in action hmm. sculpture and, uh, sculpture for that matter sculpture for that matter i mean uh, you know you can do uh, you can engage in place making you could do uh, so much stuff hmm. so uh, that's actually been the thrust of our bandra project as well like we've always approached it from the bottom up Hmm. like we've always looked at tools that we already have not as tools that we want to acquire at some point when we get the right appointment with the right uh, you know ward officer i mean it's it's more about uh, figuring out what's around us and what can we use to create small uh, sort of local uh, ripple effects of uh, experiments and you know using the city as a lab essentially mm-hmm. um cities i think over time they get defined by this idea of interiority and exteriority you know like about what is interior and what is exterior um LA and New York for example uh it's very very often cited example about how LA is very much much like Delhi and New York is very much like Bombay okay because uh, but the kind of interaction that one has one on one in Bombay is much far richer than the kind of interaction that one has one on one in Delhi for example okay uh and this is coming from some amount of experience because we've worked extensively in both the cities hmm. and you know we've always tried to compare work processes and you know our engagement with site and our engagement with clients and engagement with labor i mean it's there's a very strong city personality that emerges from how people define interior and exterior mm-hmm. so uh, so i i mean applying the metaphor of the home uh, on the city is extremely empowering uh, you can also define um, in fact you know there's a really interesting uh, design principle now being explored by new hotels okay so typically old hotels used to have big rooms uh you know you kind of you're paying for the room basically right you're paying for the uh sort of experience privacy. of living in a privacy and your room and everything but right now you're actually paying for the vibe and the experience of being in the hotel your living quarters are shrunk but your community spaces are much larger so you in some hotels like the w for example you walk into a bar the reception and the bar is all blurred boundaries and now mm. that is your living space that is where you'll spend most of the day that is where you interact where you you know meet new people you probably uh, find someone you like to spend the night with you know you you kind of have that whole interaction your living quarters are actually you you're just going there to crash you know like it so and bombay follows a similar metaphor you have large common spaces but mm. your living quarters are much smaller mm. so therefore it's even more important to have high quality uh, you know common space but has it evolved in hindsight or uh, is it it has been the way it is because of the premium price like the prices for the properties going high is it evolved into that way or it has been culturally like that so i have a slightly uh, I mean like a personal take on it I feel like sure. the culture of compaction uh, is uh, human nature mm. um like uh, your dna strand mm. is the length of a great white shark okay the okay. length of a dna molecule mm-hmm. but that's somehow packed into your cell right i mean you don't uh, you don't think it's 27 meters long mm-hmm. but uh, it is essentially the length of a great white shark and that manages somehow to compact itself into each cell wow so mm. the nature of compaction is human 
and the city is its manifestation the city is how humans manifest compaction wow. so uh, there's a planning principle in a city which is around compaction uh, which uh, i mean you look at uh, if you look at the globe uh, 80% of humanity is going to live in cities mm-hmm. by 2040 i think that's a uh, statistic mm. but um, now that is uh, it's a huge problem if you choose to look at it as a problem it's also a huge opportunity right because if cities are high quality spaces that means you essentially have a high quality experience for 80% of your world population mm. and 20% of the population is then obviously free to go wherever they're doing like you know yeah. roam the pastoral lands hunt <laughs> wildlife yeah. whatever it is yeah. but uh, these are interesting ways of looking at cities right i mean uh, like there's right now more in common between uh, bombay and new york mm. than bombay and pune mm. right in terms of its culture in terms of its issues in terms of its uh, governance in terms of all these things so now cities need to start learning from each other you need to start looking at cross learning between metros and uh, mega cities rather than looking at cross learnings in geographical boundaries mm-hmm. so it's kind of and i feel some of it comes from this way of uh, defining cities of interior and exterior okay. you know about how you actually what you place in your public domain and what you take in your private domain mm. and the less that you put in your private domain the more empowered the city is so you have a more active street culture you have more people out at out at night cities become safer because there are more eyes on the street uh you know there's mixed use like you don't have uh, like in delhi the scariest part why delhi is a unsafe city is because you have clearly demarcated market areas and clearly demarcated residential areas now that's a massive screw up in planning because uh, and why bombay is safer is because you have mixed use mm. on every street you have a kirana store you have something something you know it's all very homogenous mm. so that store is open till 11:30 12 at night so there's always a light there's always you know someone around who can respond to a call for help Correct. so cities become safer now these are things that are uh, you know no brainers mm-hmm. uh, but uh, you know i think the planners are the problem you know as soon as you have planning that comes into a city uh, it automatically tends to become a small group primarily male mm. uh you know of uh, probably 50 60 years plus people who are actually um, uh conceiving of what they feel the city is as soon as that group becomes more inclusive you know as mm. soon as you have a 200 person group designing cities which includes you know uh you know members of all genders members of all castes all communities like the inclusive inclusivity of that group if it's more representative of the city mix Mm-hmm. then it's a lot more uh, you actually have a chance to create a equitable environment mm-hmm. otherwise uh, we end up creating dystopias like what we have right now correct correct in fact it's it's an interesting point where you made that delhi has a different kind of uh, setup in their thing so i wanted to just slightly deep dive into this like if you cut across on that axis mm-hmm. that the the question also had like if you have your living area so do you have a parallel saying that industrial zone or residential zone so is that a good uh, planning method if you may say, if i may say um i think see that planning method exists and uh, it can be deployed for smaller cities right so if you look at the oroville master plan hmm. the oroville master plan also has like an like a kitchen area like the whole there's a whole zone dedicated for a communal this kitchen this is pondicherry pondicherry oroville yeah, yeah. Okay. so uh, you know this is the master plan drawn by the mother hmm. uh, and then executed by richard uh, by robert anger hmm. now the thing is uh, in that planning principle uh, you have very clearly demarcated zones of very productive people is the best of humanity you know it's very sweeping vision of cities but uh, the size of the city is uh, at best 50000 people Mm. right so that's the that's and it's more like a large commune and oroville is designed for that many people it's not even it doesn't have any quite close to that occupancy okay uh, so in that 
utopian kind of a scale and utopian vision uh, it's definitely possible but you take the same principle and apply to bombay you have people traveling you know 45 minutes one hour from their place of work to uh, where they live you have uh, huge amounts of stress on public transport uh, the same problems the same uh, things that are working for that small model uh, tend to become dystopic when applied at a different scale mm-hmm. so i think it's quite important to get people to live closer to their work Mm. is very very important so you need then therefore it's mixed use you have to have residential commercial everything kind of mixed up because you want people to travel less correct more decentralized and yeah less that. stress on the roads less pollution less congestion on streets you you have to create clusters and clumps you know mm-hmm. so uh, and if one can spot local opportunity you know like where are areas that uh, like who needs to be in sivri who are the people who service that side of bombay who, where do they need to live how how can they be made to live closer to where they work at good quality you know high experiential kind of uh, situations more communal if there is uh, you know huge amounts of work uh, to be done in the day then you need uh, day care facilities for kids you need all those things right so mm-hmm. um and these are things that uh, they seem quite common sense and logical but i think as a culture we don't think deeply about these things you know mm-hmm. i mean it's more we're still in a firefighting kind of mode yeah <laughs> just barely uh, yeah. able to survive <laughs> yeah so what are your thoughts on doing like say if you have given a project of doing the interior design for your city itself like considering city as your home and then doing the interior design what would be your uh, maybe i would generally like to have a, the utopian view of it but <laughs> if you have like a more realistic also that's that's your thing um again very interesting question uh, also very relevant for us because you know uh, we primarily most of our work is in the hospitality uh, sector mm. which is uh, you know all your bars clubs cafes uh, all the junk that you see on the streets basically <laughs> <laughs> we've uh, contributed to that so uh, one of the things that uh, that you know um that we also think about is city identity like about when you're saying working across uh, like there's a pan india rollout say for example like a brand like social hmm. or a brand like smokhas delhi which exists across different cities uh you start thinking about uh what how is your response going to be because you're at that stage you're what you're trying to do in your design is you're trying to look for commonality hmm. you're trying to find something that ties this brand together across different cities Correct. at the same time you're trying to express local personality and local nuance and you know to be appealing to that uh sort of a thing and in some twisted way it's very similar to our notion of uh, country you know where we have an indian identity but we also have a city identity you know i'm i'm an indian but i'm also from bombay i'm i'm an indian also from goa whatever i mean you, know, you express your uh, macro micro in that way hmm. so uh, the quest for finding a relevant direction in our projects has always been very closely mirrored by uh, city identity and uh, what we've realized in some work which has resonated uh, i can take smokhas delhi for an example in that sense because it's a project that um, is purely tied together by an aesthetic style mm-hmm. uh, it's purely tied together by the fact that you're taking a marker and drawing on a wall uh, that's the commonality that's why it ends the rest of it is completely bespoke right because your research is completely bespoke like in i mean you're from bangalore you know level you know level road yeah. so we realized that you know what if we take a challenge on ourselves that that level road smokhaus delhi is only about level road mm. and everything that's happened on level road for since prehistory and the more deep the deeper you go the deeper you go the deeper you go you find amazing stories like you know there are stories on every street there are stories on every corner there are stories on every i mean we're a you know what our 5000 year old culture right so i mean the deeper you look the more you'll find so the point is to kind of really really go deep and find uh, the root of 
um, you know like a great local story mm-hmm. and how your design could essentially put that in context to a macro picture as well so while you're subscribing to a bangalore identity the whole garden city framing the whole you know how the garden city was one of a many long series of experiments in garden cities that start in in the uk uh it's piggybacking on art nouveau i mean there's a lot of uh, there's a whole mind space around lavelle road that is being expressed in that smokehouse deli so we start looking at these restaurants or these projects as a way of expressing city love mm-hmm. now city love is common across uh india so you can actually have a city love direction in delhi and a city love direction in bombay people in delhi are passionately crazy about delhi people in bombay are passionately crazy about bombay the the direction stitches things together Uh, but that's because you're not looking for commonality in the micro you're looking for commonality in the macro saying that you know we're going to express city love or you can uh, through social we try to exp- uh, express rebellion you know so it's a emotion that's being rep- uh, expressed mm-hmm. and other people can buy into that emotion because you go to social when that night you're feeling rebellious you feel like you know you want to listen to subculture you want to see someone skateboarding you want to immerse yourself in the underbelly of bombay you go to smokers deli when you're feeling slightly elated you feel like having a you know a glass of champagne you feel like having you know it's a little more family style meal so you're probably with your you know significant other mm-hmm. uh, so uh i think these all these projects they subscribe to different moods that the city already has within it you know okay. and uh, they kind of express those moods in a way that uh, is heavy with local nuance and also heavy with uh, macro significance mm-hmm. i like the social part where you just have the pin code outside which is written so the, yeah. the, the it's a nice touch to give a local flavor yeah, 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 exactly. and yet have the aesthetics uh, tied in i, mean, I can't take credit for that idea that's uh, okay. hanif <laughs> but yeah but i mean both of us working on a similar brief you know mm-hmm. so we were both kind of trying to define what it means to be local i mean he's taken it obviously into a very very interesting zone mm-hmm. uh, but we create the shell for it so i mean there's a lot of collaboration and a lot of uh, back and forth that goes into that so yeah. <laughs> nice um so which according to you are like some of the cities which are well designed and maybe if you can give some wise for it <laughs> um so i feel uh if you can take a step back from the design of the city mm. and uh, i feel that cities like say healthy cities like mm. you would call like a city that's healthy is a city that has a very healthy relationship with time okay right so uh, essentially a city where you don't see conflict like mm. uh, in terms of their notion of time like they don't have a they have a sense of continuity of the past and the future uh, uh mm. like barcelona comes to mind because uh they are extremely proud of their lineage uh in terms of you know obviously there's gaudi and there's all that which really helps i mean it kind of pushes catalan architecture to a next level but um they are very very comfortable with uh the fact that they have this rich strong legacy of history and craft and they're also equally forward looking so they're not uh they're not shunning new technologies they're not become you know like we're only about our history or we're only about the past they've not uh clung on to that in a way like a small town in uh, sicily would or a small town in you know uh probably india would like varanasi uh, varanasi like you know a city that's so steeped in history but it's that history becomes a crutch it doesn't become a springboard mm. you know like so uh i think cities that have a more progressive look on uh, view on time 
uh, where they see themselves as a baton holder they don't see themselves as the end of that uh, this thing you know uh, most of our policy uh, screw ups actually happen because people view uh, they have a very uh, self important view of their contribution to the city hmm. uh, the notion of putting up a statue is that if <laughs> you kind of when you put up a statue you're saying that this is finite right hmm. you don't see yourself as a baton holder you don't see yourself as a steward for future generations so it's a very regressive view on culture Mm-hmm. you're trying to put a marker in a place where actually no marker exists it's like putting a marker on a sand on a, you know shifting sands so when you have a progressive view on time that you kind of see the continuity between uh, your moving position in time uh, you tend to take a lot more mature decisions in terms of city planning right so uh, in barcelona in parts of japan for example you know they're very comfortable with time like they have they have a you know 3 400 year old tra- tradition of bending samurai swords but that same guy will be going and playing you know he'd be a dj in some progressive nightclub whatever mm-hmm. so they're very comfortable with this schizophrenic uh, past future past future kind of shuttling and uh, you don't see conflict in um i think that's also what defines developing countries in many way right development doesn't it's not tied to numbers hmm the numbers are created on balance sheets like oh. it's definitely not tied to numbers like gdp and all means fuck all <laughs> uh developing countries are countries who've developed mind space right they've developed a mature outlook on life uh they've prioritized the right things they have uh, you know if you if you're all about agriculture then you're really really about agriculture you know like you do it the best in the world and they've taken their uh, passions and their sort of uh, you know calling in terms of why is it that we are on earth in the first place they've taken very seriously you know that this is what i want to do and this is how i want to contribute and you see yourself as a steward like you see yourself as you have this much time under the sun and you want to take care of your own uh, vocation and your own passions and you pass that on to the next generation and that's how life progresses that's what gives meaning to life mm-hmm. is not about you know that planting a flag or erecting some really massive monument to your changing own. the name of the city yeah <laughs> and it's all by men only like who puts up these big statues it's essentially yeah. insecure men who do this right so mm-hmm. uh so i mean uh it's mostly a very dark twisted male <laughs> kind of a fantasy no no it's a very uh, radical approach yeah i mean in fact i would like to just question further on this so time is one axis to look at any other parameters because that's a very interesting direction you have taken altogether i feel speed mm-hmm. uh so cities are also defined by speed um you look at say bombay versus delhi again because that's a low hanging fruit uh like what what's what survives in bombay right uh the stock market is in bombay yeah fashion culture media all these are industries that thrive on speed mm. right like uh it's industries that make you feel you need to be you need to have a finger on the pulse of uh, a very very fast moving cultural uh, paradigm which is for us why because uh, you know hospitality actually drives those uh like i mean there are certain trends that you'll see in restaurants that you will never put in your house correct correct so mm. the home environment actually is a trickle down effect of trends that start in hospitality so hospitality is a generator in some ways mm. i mean taking a very pompous perspective to it but i think uh, you know in many ways restaurants can afford to experiment because they have your attention for 2 to 1/2 hours you won't want to do like really crazy exposed brick walls in your house maybe uh, hopefully mm. not <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um should be was i so anyway uh, yeah or uh, the notion of speed right so yeah. uh, and uh, what thrives in delhi mm. you have policy you have great food power uh, you have power yeah. so these are all institutions that thrive on slowness mm. right uh, a biryani is not going to taste the same if it's cooked in 15 minutes and cooked in 3 days mm. 
so landmark epic food happens in delhi in cities that prioritize lo- slow speeds hmm. uh, right so why do you complain about a toll bridge uh, in bombay like about are yaar kya jaldi de deta hai and delhi mein are yaar this guy is like you know looking around same 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 function same operator same human species different time response Oh. right so uh, so i think if one can understand the speed settings of cities hmm. you can tune your entire life and entire work around those speed settings and you become more in sync with the city like in bombay we, we wrote something interesting around this you know about like uh, you call someone thakela no in bombay hmm. it's an abuse hmm. yeah. <laughs> thakele hmm. thakele means what tired yeah. right at its root tired because you're running on a treadmill hmm. Mm. why is thakela a problem right because i mean it's very human to be tired no Correct. you can't like say why are you tired <laughs> you're tired yeah. so it's fine <laughs> but that's because the city is a treadmill mm. thakela is not an abuse in delhi right mm. so i mean there are other abuses in delhi which the, one can discuss and probably <laughs> thakela position has to be laid back like slightly yeah and thakela in bombay is like it's synonymous with anyone who is not at the cutting edge mm. right like your thakela if you the plot of a movie is thakela or the you know like an actor who's fallen out of favor is thakela mm-hmm. he's not at the cutting edge the plot is not at the cutting edge it's not like pushing the boundary but this this pressure to push the boundary all the time is what defines bombay and that's a speed setting wow wow that's a very very insightful <laughs> take on looking at things uh so we spoke about like slightly uh more abstract uh, elements of uh, defining a particular city but slightly getting into the more substance of it which is uh, aesthetics maybe uh, mm-hmm. as per my knowledge if you if you can correct me if you have, if i'm wrong <laughs> but yeah how essentially are aesthetics uh, important when you're designing a city i mean uh, if you look at like sweden it is more beautiful looking uh, as opposed to like bkc <laughs> right so how like what is what is uh, like how important is aesthetics when you uh, are designing uh, okay so this may come across as like faltu confrontational but i feel like aesthetics are an end result of a uh, of a much longer process okay. it's not really a process marker Mm-hmm. like aesthetics are what you achieve right at the end uh, i feel if you create a meaningful process mm-hmm. uh, you will arrive at uh, aesthetics that are in harmony with their uh, context uh, automatically so the thing is uh, one of the things that i personally also have a issue with is when you start with an aesthetic direction right when mm-hmm. uh, when you say that uh, there's a certain look that you want to achieve mm-hmm. or a certain thing now uh, but is look, it it's not a fair ask I'm just asking. Uh not really. I think you short circuit. Like essentially what you're doing is when you when you ask for a look, hmm. uh, you're asking for a stereotype. Right? You're asking for a cliche. You're asking for something that has already been articulated, already done, already expressed on Pinterest and then uh you know, uh sort of uh, Frankenstein into some sort of a brief uh that is uh, so it's definitely not original. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not pushing anything. It's like a uh which is why all co-working spaces look the same which is why all airports look the same which is why all you know public toilets look the same i mean uh it's not a homegrown response uh there are politics and aesthetics right so there is like a certain uh thing that starts completely out of context somewhere else mm. uh and it is taken completely out of context somewhere else i mean uh if you look at um when i say local architecture right there's a chance that uh it creates a very similar picture in your head and my head mm-hmm. right you imagine rammed earth brick uh, rammed earth walls you imagine bamboo you imagine like you know uh, jungle kind of a setting mm-hmm. but that is not local 
that is local only to a few places right correct it's not local in rajasthan it's, it's not local yeah. it's a it's a terrible stereotype and bamboo is a it's a invasive weed in some places because it lowers water table it's a extremely resource intensive crop to it makes sense in northeast where you have crazy rainfall and there are very high water tables hmm. and there are hilly terrain where you know water can be harvested and terraced hmm. but to prescribe bamboo in alibagh or prescribe bamboo in somewhere else where there is anywhere water problem adhe maharashtra mein like hmm. uh, it's crazy right hmm. like your sugarcane fields actually suck up ground uh, water they reduce water table in whole cities and whole areas because of monocrop culture hmm. uh, i think this notion of local also is political mm. because as a country we are in a very regressive political phase right now mm. right so we are forced to look back at nostalgia we are forced to look back at what it means to be local what defines my local identity it's not local in a empowering way it's local in a disempowering way mm. it's a very it's the kind of local that started in germany when saying let's find like you know the super race and we look back in our history and find like our aryan roots and mm. we're in that sort of a fascist kind of a uh, framing right now mm. and it's very important to match those with uh, progressive outlooks which is um, the root of our india futures project right like that because we kind of whenever you look back into the past you need to be constantly aware that you're looking back at it through someone else's eyes you're looking at it through filters and these filters have been put in place for a reason you know they don't exist just that just that way so i mean uh, when you uh, when you look back it's important to look back progressively not look back regressively mm. like you know ye to hum log ne pehle kiya hua hai i mean uh, that's an expression of ego like this is not looking back for inspiration this is looking back for validation so uh <laughs> so uh and i come back to that healthy relationship with time you know if you have a healthy relationship with time there's inspiration peeche and aage dono mm. there's one beautiful metaphor which actually was shared with us by professor chaya from sept uh, who's another person you have to get on this uh, <laughs> on order again sure uh he said something really incredible you know so we had uh, we were running these heritage labs in goa in the office and uh, i was asking him about uh, you know similar questions about you know health and about you know how do you uh, engage with time in a more meaningful way and he went back to this beautiful example of the manthan which is a story which i think all of us have at least one degree of separation with right yeah. it's the devas and the asuras collaborating you know getting this mount mandar which is this you know unbreakable mountain putting it into the ocean of milk churning uh using a serpent wrapped three times around the mountain and then the ocean brings up all these gifts and there's poison that comes out and shiva holds it and becomes uh, neelkant mm. so there are all these like beautiful parables around it but he abstracted it into a diagram for me wow. and he said look at this whole story look what's happening in the story you have collaboration of opposites devas and asuras the first time they're collaborating together they're using vasuki which is time Mm. So the serpent Vasuki, which is wrapped around Shiva's neck three times, has three coils because it's past, present, and future. Wow! This is wrapped around the mountain. It's being churned. The mountain represents your unbreakable will, right? So your will cannot break. You're in an ocean of immense resilience. So the ocean will not yield. The process is important, not the end outcome, right? So. the if you decode this entire picture shiva represents infinite generosity because he's taking the poison he's holding it in his throat without letting it affect his own uh, his own metabolism and his own outlook on you know cities or <laughs> whatever it is yeah and you have obviously vishnu who's the uh, seductress who dresses up as mohini and takes the he does the shortcut mm. in the end you know so uh, there's all these beautiful symbologies in this one diagram 
and I haven't stopped thinking about it because it's the best representation of our experience of time today. Like time is not pleasant to experience, right? Mm. Uh, the Western notion of time is that you're a fixed dot and you're moving in a 45 degree angle from past to future. ऐसा तो बिल्कुल नहीं है सम डेज आर फास्टर सम डेज आर स्लोअर सम डेज आर टेरेबल सम डेज आर लाइक यू नो इट्स नॉट इट्स नॉट अ स्टैटिक जर्नी इट्स अ चर्न एवरी डे इज अ चर्न एवरी डे इज अ नेगोशिएशन विद टाइम लाइक सम डेज यू आर यू नो टेन ईयर्स टेन ईयर्स इन द फ्यूचर इन योर हेड सम डेज यूर फिफ्टी ईयर्स इन द पास्ट आई थिंक दिस चर्न इज रियली वॉट वी नीड टू एक्सपेक्ट एंड वी नीड टू एक्सपेक्ट मोशन सिकनेस राइट लाइक यू वॉक इन एंड वेन यू वेकअप इन द मॉर्निंग यू एक्सपेक्ट आज मोशन सिकनेस होने वाला है एंड दैट चेंज इज एवरी Like you know, you're not expecting a placid journey, and the whole day is a fight against it. You're expecting motion sickness. You're going onto a roller coaster in the morning. So, subway says, "Sojo ke ye hone wala hai," and then you prepare for it, right? And you build for it, and you design for it. Hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of other ways of looking at the city experience. Is a churn. It's not really a placid, static experience where you know. So, in my mind, like being in India is a lot more empowering than being in a Sweden because I feel like the churn is experienced here better. Hmm. You know, there we're experiencing a very You are experiencing only the head of time. You know, you are not experiencing the tail and the head, uh, the head and tail of the serpent at the same time. Mm-hmm. There is no pull and push happening. Yeah. That's why maybe it it's slightly monotonous also. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and it's an experience thing, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. we don't need to look at postcard pictures of Sweden to know, but mm-hmm. I mean, there is a certain uh, experiential quality to places like that, mm-hmm. which uh, uh, like Ranwar, for example, where our studio is in Bandra. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a small pool. It's like a Eddy current in this big river of time, you know. So time stands still over there. It stands still over there. Mm-hmm. The big current is Bombay on Hill Road, you know, just outside. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! Brilliant. Lot of lot of things to ponder upon. Uh, I as I think it's 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 been a great uh, like talking experience. It's been generally like nice to hear a lot of different. facets of the same thing uh, uh being called out here but i would like to conclude with one last question uh, which is about the bus ride and uh, you're working on project uh, which is called india future project yeah um so can you shed some light on that what what's in store what is your plan about it and also speak about the bus ride if i can help this <laughs> go to different people yeah um Yeah so I mean uh, a little bit about us I mean we've been a built environment studio for the longest time uh, we've been uh, primarily working with you know high visibility venues which is hospitality venues architecture I mean you said most of it in your introductions thank mm. you <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, what we kind of realized recently was that uh, even if you look at the studio work as a big river sort of a thing there were lots of these meaningful small currents happening on the side mm. right so we used to run a not for profit restaurant uh, called the gypsy kitchen okay. which is really uh, trying to create a small micro economy in a local context so you kind of uh, so the model is very simple there's a housewife or a house help or someone who essentially needs a secondary income mm. that person at home wherever they're comfortable they cook we take that food from their home we lay out a 12 course 13 course elaborate meal mm. uh, people pay 2500 rupees uh, per head for that meal and all the money uh, all the money goes back uh, to the person who's cooking mm. now uh, it's a simple idea it only runs if you stop if you don't take out money from that loop it has to be done transparently where none of the money comes back to you okay. you're only there as a facilitator you set the loop in motion and exit the loop mm-hmm. right so if you're there to monetize everything falls apart mm-hmm. uh, so uh, so this is something that we kind of did successfully uh, we've been doing this for the last i would say almost 6 years or so i have two partners in it uh, gresham and riyaz zamlani who runs uh, all these amazing places wow um and we've been doing it on and off you know uh, in bandra and uh, it started off in my home but then we moved to this uh, st jude bakery uh, so 
there's a lot of that kind of work that was happening on the side uh, which felt like a, it resonated a lot more with us as people uh, than the other more public facing work that we were doing mm. right so uh, me and uh, zameer my brother who are in the studio with we had this long conversation about how uh, how do we integrate these projects into our mainstream work you know better because these two years get shelved like for for three months we haven't done a single one because yaar kuch to deadline aa gaya ye wo you know like correct life intervene type <laughs> so in that sense uh, uh, we took a decision uh, around two years ago that you know i would shift to goa and i would set up another studio which is based around these kind of inquiries okay. so this uh, this small eddy current becomes a generator of a new kind of studio uh it's not really then responsible for too much uh, client facing work it's more looking at you know home grown kind of inquiries hmm. and one of those many inquiries that we're trying to look at in goa is the india futures project which is really uh looking at um, speculative fiction around uh how time will play out in the indian context uh when you think about futures uh, a lot of us imagine similar things you know uh again political visualizations like we given uh, examples of dubai and shanghai as uh, you know uh, as uh, you know city city ideas uh again needs to be seen for what it is it's people who haven't traveled before going for the first time to a big city you know getting glitzed out by the neon and the shine of everything and coming back and trying to apply that in a 5000 year old culture so it's a very complicated relationship to you know suddenly put this uh, imperialist kind of a vision on a city which has you know relationships which are far older than anything that we know about correct right so um, especially most cities in india are designed around rivers or have evolved around rivers mm. uh, those connections are you know age old there's agricultural connections there are market trade connections there is huge amounts of you know uh, public access connections stuff like that and wherever you see imperialist visions cutting across rivers uh, you realize there's a uh, something wrong there there's a mm. some sort of a fascist yeah. uh, steel flyover coming in yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean and you know i would even put like see infrastructure is required i mean everyone gets it right mm. i mean people need to move from one place to the other mm. but um without severing connections i think that's the health of a city you know when people are mindful of both the mm. historical connections as well as future requirements mm. um we recently did a piece around the india futures project around uh, you know the idea of building statues mm. right so while one is not necessarily critiquing the idea of building statues because that's a 35 40000 year old activity our first uh, zoomorphic statue was 40000 years old right so as humans we we're good with building statues i mean we assume that we have no need today if you had to commission x amount of public money to build a public monument why does that only need to be ornamental why can't it be useful right like uh, why can't a statue also be a desalination plant or why can't a statue also be a, a sustainable energy generating plant or why can't a statue also be a national park or why can't a statue also be a bee hotel you know like i mean the bee population is dwindling across the world and these are the primary pollinators of all agriculture mm-hmm. so uh, there are hundreds of issues that one could pick up which uh, futures are going to face and uh, you know even uh, our, our present cities are facing mm-hmm. and statues could be beautiful public funded politically sponsored responses to those issues but it requires deeper engagement it requires the engagement with it not being finite to your own political career it requires you to understand that you yourself are a steward you know you don't have uh, it's not going to end with you mm. you know people are going to go on like i mean a 68 year old politician today is going to be um, uh, you know 85 86 years old in uh, 2035 and that time he'll be writing his memoirs right he'll be writing his autobiography so we're appealing to that guy ke tab tu tab ka soch you know like forget about uh, what you're going to be doing now 
like design for 2035 right so we're trying to figure out uh, 2035 as a year for us to uh, create design processes create intellectual property create things to respond to three, create provocations you know uh, put out uh, work regularly that uh, is from an indian future it's not coming from palo alto it's not coming from you know this driverless car kind of future it's coming from farmer cyborgs right it's coming from guys who've experimented with uh, surgical implants to uh, to sense uh, soil health because they've lost their family in farmer suicides mm-hmm. you know so these are the kind of topical responses that one could create as future speculative scenarios and um, so some this is something we're also very interested in like I've, something i've been doing since 2003 in fact uh, is uh, speculative fiction right like where you write science fiction but it's written from a design perspective it's not written from a uh hollywood studio perspective mm-hmm. right so it's uh, essentially very lived science fiction like what's the what's the fiction of a xerox guy today what is he going to do in 2035 what are his skills how can he be reskilled you know what can what is the future of work what is the future of cities what is the future of craft so all these kind of really really interesting small inquiries they lead into much larger realizations yeah. so one of the things that we're building in the studio for the last couple of years is a something called very pompously called the oracle but it's essentially a mind map of 2035 saying what's happening with gender what's happening with spirituality what's happening with algorithms what's happening with you know sustainability what's happening with all these different things and once you consider uh once you design it not as a flowchart but as a web uh, you realize that all these strands are interconnected mm. and then you can create projects out of that web you know so um i mean it's a it's a fundamentally new way of lo- approaching our own practice and i feel like uh, goa has been great for us that way because you know it's a lot of mind space mm. i mean it's very tough to do this when you're doing five restaurants on the side yeah. <laughs> so we've had to uh, actually cut off a lot of the pipeline of existing projects to be able to indulge these kind of inquiries mm. and i believe i mean the end is sort of you know it's kind of shaping itself but we're not really rushed to uh, jump to any conclusions right now mm-hmm. uh, we have time in 2035 is a long way away yeah <laughs> and it's also speaking like walking the talk because since you're planning so ahead it has to be done very carefully and thoughtfully also yeah and yeah. public domain you know yeah. like the idea is to not do it uh, in some studio city in goa i mean hopefully middle of next year we'll be putting out this whole mind map in um, like an open source mind map mm-hmm. and uh, in fact with your ui ux experience it'll be cool, cool to collaborate on this because sure, sure. Uh, you know we'd like to make this a wiki of sorts you know like an indian futures wiki where people can actually contribute their own uh, speculative fictions and make this map as rich as possible mm-hmm. so that all of us could see provocations in it you know like um, you can plan your career better when you're getting out of school what is the kind of profession you want to select do you want to be a generalist or a specialist do you want to be a super specialist do you want to you know so all these things are answered by uh, progressive ways of thinking about the future and a healthy relationship with time i mean it comes down to the uh, to that thing you know yeah. beautiful beautiful it's uh, i think this is a good note to end this day. i i wish we could have like a part 2 of this where i can come up with more interesting questions to to <laughs> dwell more upon your beautiful and insightful answers uh, overall thank you ayas for giving us your time and My pleasure, it was Kira. yeah thank it was really much. nice talking to you thank you so much thank you thank you that's it and that's it from today's gyan session catch us on itunes savan stitcher or any podcasting app you use Do rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Stay tuned for more gyan on audiogyan.com. Till then, bye.